Hi everybody, welcome back to the Strategic Slap Podcast where the aim is to take the word slap back and open the conversation about love, sex, and dating from a feminist perspective. Thank you for tuning in another episode. I have a very exciting one today because I'm finally going to break down the cultural moment of Is Love Blind on Netflix. This is a new series and if you have not watched it, I would recommend watching it before listening to this podcast because, spoiler alert, there will be spoilers. I'm going to talk about the finale and the entire series. So if you have not seen all of it and plan to, please shut this down, put it on pause, go binge it, and then come back to this. So I, okay, let's just talk about this for a second. I... Like, the reason I started watching this was because Twitter just blew up. And I was, like, immediately drawn to it. I was like, okay, fine. I will... I need to know what this is about. Like, the hype around it was really great. So, they did well with that. However, what's been really interesting about this is that it's actually been filmed in 2018. They, like, wrapped filming in 2018. And then it's just come out in the last few weeks like basically mid-February and it was a three-week part series so they launched five episodes to start then the next four the week later and then the last episode the third week after so it was a very interesting drawn-out process but luckily I started it the like day before the next four episodes were supposed to start out so I literally binged the first five then the next day binge the last four and then had to wait a week for the wedding episode but let's talk about it so love is blind is a social experiment show on netflix that was created by apparently by nick lachey and vanessa Vanessa lachey but like they were the most irrelevant people on the show including like more irrelevant than carlton it was just the weirdest thing because they'd randomly pop out on episodes but like they weren't really there very strange whatever anyways it had 29 participants it had 16 women with 13 men and it consisted of this scenario where you are dating for 10 days in these pods so there's a wall in between you and they're like dating through this without being able to see each other and it's solely based on human connection and they kind of did this show not really with any like expectations I think they actually just made it as a social experiment of like let's see what happens let's put 29 people 29 single individuals in Atlanta um, they all reside in Atlanta and see if anyone falls in love so they have 10 days in the pods and then they are not able to see the person that they get engaged to until they get engaged. Once they are engaged, then they can see one another. And then the engaged couples go to Mexico. And then after that, they go to living together in Atlanta. Not in their own spaces, though. The show had, like, provided some sort of, I don't know, like, apartment complex type thing for all of the couples to live together in within their own individual rooms and everything and then there's the wedding so that was kind of how it was broken down and I do want to mention that yes everyone is conventionally attractive on this show that was kind of interesting and like I have done a deep hole of research on this stupid show um after I finished it I've literally looked at every article I could find I joined a fucking Facebook group on it like 
that's the that's to the extent of how into this I got because it's just so fascinating and I'm gonna share all my thoughts on this don't you worry so let's talk about is love blind as a concept so my first kind of knee-jerk reaction to this question is no like you have to be physically attracted to them but then as the show is starting and I'm like you know embarking my journey on the first episode I'm kind of like maybe it is like what if we are just conditioned to be so focused on looks and through the you know era of dating apps like maybe we're so quick to say that love is isn't blind because we're so used to swiping based on attractiveness but then I thought okay like maybe people will actually fall in love through like conversation who knows so I was kind of very conflicted and I could kind of like see I I almost was excited to see where this experiment led us and the fact that everyone on the show called it experiment killed me I think it's an American thing but it's experiment tell me if I'm wrong that's an argument right there but anyways I'm gonna break down the couples to start so there were a few couples that got engaged and there were there was actually a couple on the show that never got aired I think they were just not interesting enough for the producers to include them but that couple actually broke up and then Danielle was I think it was Danielle and Rory and then which Rory was like that therapist he was like going around helping everybody I thought it was so funny because he would just randomly pop up but you never actually saw him in the pods but anyways and then they broke up and then Danielle ended up dating this guy named Matt that was also in the show but none of this was shown in the show so I thought that was kind of interesting as a little side note but anyways okay let's talk about the first people to get engaged which were Lauren and Cameron they okay I wanted to hate them. I kind of hated Cameron at first because he just seemed so, I don't even want to say nerdy, more like a unsociable and just like kind of uptight and like, I wasn't sure if he'd be able to be, like I wanted to see him let loose a little bit and relax into a conversation. But then once I did, I was like, oh wait, he's actually really sweet. So my first impression on him wasn't really good. But then Lauren's an angel. She's so beautiful. She's a black queen for reference. Um, and he is a white man. And interracial um, relationships were discussed through them on the show, which I thought was a little bit interesting because I think we're in a kind of colorblind area era in society where a lot of people stray away from talking about that. Um and kind of like it shouldn't matter but it really does and Lauren had never actually dated a white boy before and I thought that was really funny for her to like kind of talk about and it's really only relevant specifically for her because her dad has um I guess really pushed her whole life for her to marry a black man so that was something but it does come out later in the show that Cameron actually had been in a interrelation inter sorry interracial relationship previous to or prior to Lauren so he has experienced that before and he's also experienced like he had an instance where I guess he they were walking down the street or something and they got yelled at something discriminatory or whatever so he was kind of equipped to handle the challenges that may come up with that so I thought that was really interesting They were the first to get engaged and when they were when he was about to propose i was like literally screaming at my tv 
just, you know, oh my god, this is not fucking happening. Like, you've known each other for three days. I cannot. But then once they got engaged, it was really sweet. And then watching them meet for the first time was so incredible. And it was kind of one of those things. I was like, wait, is love really, like, blind? Oh my god. So then, moving on from them, we'll talk, we'll come back to them. Let's talk about Giannina and Damien. Gian, see, okay, I'm gonna call her Gigi because I keep fucking up her name. And I've been in this Facebook group, as I've talked about, and people call her Panini because it's like, I don't know, Giannina, I guess sounds like Panini. But now, because I've been reading that name for so many days in a row now that like, I can't unsee it. So we're gonna call her Gigi which I think she goes by anyways. But anyways, Gigi and Damien, she's a fucking psychopath. She, I don't know what that is. I don't know. Damien is also really weird. I feel like he, I don't know, he gave me weird vibes from the get-go. And it was sweet to see them in the pods because they seemed to really break down one another's walls. But then the minute that they got out of the pods, that changed. And obviously that was like, the reason they did not end up getting married he ended up saying no to her at the altar which that really upset me for her at the time but then I was thinking about it and I was like nah she was pretty fucking nuts the whole time like that whole comment about the sex thing where she's like in another room sitting on the counter and she's like you notice how I don't say our sex life is mind-blowing or something along those lines and it was just so shocking I don't know it just seemed very immature the way that she handled everything and she kind of just sucked I don't know she was really hot and cold and I could see why he didn't want to marry her um and you could tell that he did really struggle with it but rumor has it that they are actually together now like they have reconnected and they're dating so I'm excited to see what happens on Thursday when they have a reunion that's being launched on, I think, Netflix's YouTube channel, I believe. So, that'll be really interesting. So, yeah, they were weird. Giannina, I just feel like she doesn't know what she wants and she doesn't know how to communicate. And I think she just really needs to work on herself in that regard. I, I would definitely recommend therapy. And Damien, I would question why he's so attracted to her. And, like, I really want to know what they discussed in the pods because they seem to get really emotional. But I wish we had more insight because, obviously, the show is only 10 episodes as well. But I just, she just was so crazy the last half of the season that I was just like, what do you see in her? He seems fairly normal, but I don't know. Um, okay, moving on. Kelly and Kenny, fuck, I don't even know. They were so dull. It's actually funny because apparently the producers chose Diamond and Carlton to go to Mexico. And then once they broke up on the first day of Mexico, Kelly and Kenny took their place. So that's kind of funny and unfortunate all at the same time. But anyways, yeah, they were kind of bleak. Um, it was really weird to see that evolve because... Kelly seemed to be like so purely in love with him and then as the season progressed she's just like so not physically attracted to him and literally did not want to have sex or engage in anything in physical activity and you could tell that was really bothering him based on hearing the other guys 
saying that they had had sex with these people that they've been engaged to so I think that was a little hard for Kenny and I could see why like I think that for a lot of the other couples they were having such strong emotional connections that they were so ready to physically connect where Kelly was so weird about it and then when she like said no at the altar I was really disappointed in her just because she seemed like they were literally one another's soulmates the whole time and then suddenly she's like yeah I'm really not attracted to him I thought that was really weird and I don't know she's supposed to be like some sort of life coach too and she just seemed to really like emphasize how much they're meant for each other but then they weren't I don't know it was really weird I felt bad for him I respected the way that he kept his composure when the producers were trying to get in his face or like the cameraman sorry after she said no at the altar he was obviously embarrassed and heard and whatever and he just like held his composure but also like fuck off so I respected him and I hope that he you know finds someone better okay Diamond and Carlton this is a good one. This one really makes me laugh because what's funny is that I later learned that Carlton was Cynthia Bailey's assistant on Real Housewives of Atlanta, which I think is the funniest side note. Um, okay. They were really weird. Their pod like conversations, they just did not show any depth, which I was a little concerned about. And then Carlton kept talking like one-on-one with the camera about his sexuality and the fact that he's bisexual and that he had been with men before and I don't know that he had been with in relationships with men or just sexual relationships I don't really know either way he doesn't need to disclose that it was just the fact that he's bisexual and he proposed to Diamond now Diamond's kind of funny she's like an NBA player and um she hated I think it was Barnett because he said something about her name being a stripper name. So I think that's kind of funny. But anyways, Diamond and Carlton got engaged and then they, you know, go to Mexico and Carlton hadn't told Diamond of his sexuality prior to, you know, proposing to her. So I need to talk about this because I think it's very important. So is Diamond biphobic? This was like the big kind of question that came from the scene and I think there's a few different things we need to break down. Carlton, I think I feel bad for him because I think he's obviously hurt a lot in his life and been shut out by a lot of people in his life due to his sexuality when he's come out to them so I do want to honor that but I also think he had a responsibility to tell her before getting engaged if he was ever going to tell her I feel like that was a conversation for the pods because the whole point of the pods was to like break down your walls and the fact that you're not um faced with one another and you're not also like like the fact that you can't see one another you're kind of more able to kind of just talk rather than worrying about the like physical attraction or lack of whatever so I think he should have told her in the pods and for Diamond, I think her reaction to this news was not the fact that she had a problem with the sexuality. I really believe that she was confused by it in the sense that maybe she doesn't know much about it. And I think the way that he presented it was super dramatic and almost threatening to her rather than like, this is how I identify 
but I love you and I choose you to marry. I think that's what was really confusing. And I think for someone to, if they don't know much about sexuality and these kinds of things, um, it may come across to her as like there's more opportunity out there and maybe she shouldn't be marrying him. Like that kind of fear that she doesn't, you know, almost doesn't just have to worry about women. Now she has to worry about men too, which is like a very obviously naive concept and like outlook but if you don't know and you're ignorant to these topics then that could be a thought process this is just where I'm thinking her thought process went and then I think she got upset because she was just really like wait what the fuck this is news she's trying to like really think about it and then when she goes to talk to him the next day he was such a dick and I think all that needed to happen was a good conversation of like of basically reassurance like I've chosen you to marry and I'm in love with you and that this you know actually doesn't hold any relevance but it wasn't taken like that and I think if Carlton just had you know presented it a different way I think they could have been fine but they both handled it very immaturely and him making that weave comment was just so below respect even though her wig was or sorry his her weave was slipping a little bit um I would never like I think that's a really low blow to have when you're like literally ending a relationship and then to call out their physical appearance like that and then she did make a comment something along the lines of like go suck a dick faggot which I think was very immature of her and very low blow like she obviously was hurt and trying to verbally hurt back and it doesn't excuse it I think that was really really bad and I'm glad that they were off the show pretty quickly so we can move on from that okay now we're getting into the good stuff Jessica and Mark holy shit okay Jessica is like probably the number one hated person in America North America right now um she's terrible She's terrible, and one thing I want to say is that this podcast is a feminist podcast, but just because you're a feminist does not mean that you don't critique another woman just because of your shared gender. She is, I'm not attacking her based on appearance or anything. I'm attacking her based on her actions. She was so shitty in this entire show. She, okay, I don't even know where to go with this first. Okay, so baby talk for one. Why does she talk normally in front of the camera and in front of... Well, it's usually just in the front of the camera when she's being like interview type style. When she's in front of men, she puts on this weird baby voice. And the Twitter like side-by-side videos are incredible. The little edits that have been posted because it's so apparent. And it's funny because like when I was watching it I'm like is that happening like what is wrong with her voice and then I realized that she's literally putting it on so it's not sexy it's actually the most cringeworthy thing I've ever heard and it makes her sound like it almost feels like she's trying to discredit herself but then she keeps bringing up the fact that she's 34 years old and that the age difference between her and specifically Mark but not Barnett even though Barnett's only 27 and Mark's 24 you know like the fact that there's an age difference with both but she only used the age difference against Mark um 
it just to me it makes her sound so childish and like not able to communicate properly and i think it's kind of a form i was googling this i think it's a form of trying to sound less harsh and also sound more vulnerable so that people kind of treat you more gently which i don't know what the fuck that is i don't know what happened to her for that to uh take place but i don't like it it's gross um the age difference take a shot every time she mentions it honestly you will be in the hospital it is like the most hysterical thing i've ever witnessed especially in the scene when she's breaking down if her and mark were to have kids and she's like so if i'm 34 now and you're 24 there and you know like we have a child then you're gonna be this age and i'm gonna be this age and then when i'm 50 you're gonna be 40 and when i'm 60 you're like i cannot it is truly the funniest fucking scene in reality tv shows like i could not it was so funny because it was just that ridiculous and she okay first let's go back she connected mark connected with mark sorry i can't speak in the pods like immediately and then she connected with Barnett as well. Barnett, his name's actually Mark, or sorry, Matt too, which I think is really funny because when Amber calls Barnett Matt later on in the season, I'm like, wait, who's Matt? But I realized that Barnett's actually his last name, but that's what he goes by. So yeah, Jessica chose Mark at first, but then she was leaning towards Barnett. And Barnett gave her false hope in the sense that he made a comment about wanting to marry her. And then she kind of blew off Mark and he was so heartbroken, whatever. And then when she goes back to Barnett, he's kind of like, yeah, I didn't mean that. And then they break up. And then Jessica goes, literally, I swear she went and like had a glass of wine and then came back to Mark and was like, I want to marry you. <laughs> I can't. It was horrible. It was so like, no one else wants me. There's no one else left. So I guess I'll get engaged to you. Um, it was quite sickening to watch just like, the way she was trying to rationalize it and the process too and for her to go up to amber and be like he's a fuck boy about barnett it was just like i don't know how you are a 34 year old woman acting the way that you are also was there a scene that she was sober because i don't think there was like this woman drank and partied harder than any of the 24 year olds on the show this woman was chugging wine like it was gonna leave the world. It was insane. Um, she also fed wine to the dog. Can we talk about that? What the fuck was that? Why, like, was that necessary? Are you trying to kill your your beautiful dog? Like, I was literally, like, stunned by that. I was just like, what just happened? Also, she wanted to leave on day one of Mexico, which I think is so funny because she obviously fucking hated Mark. Um, she was not attracted to him. He obviously is fairly short. I don't know. I feel like he's like probably only like five, seven. Um, and that was obviously not to her standards. He's super fit. He's a personal trainer, but she was not physically attracted to him. She kept saying how she didn't want to have sex. And then I think they eventually did based on what they said in the show. Um, it was like she was trying to force herself to like him, which is just really unfortunate. But yeah, she wanted to leave day one of Mexico and the producers would not let her. So then it kind of seems to that it just, you know, became a acting job for her. And 
she's a terrible actress. I don't think it's her calling at all, but whatever. Um, that happened. And then Mark, he, is he blind? Like, how did you not know that she doesn't like you? Like, this woman, okay, everyone, you know, was going to, like, these nighttime cocktail parties, like, with everybody else on the resort in Mexico, and she dressed like she was on Survivor. Like, she did not give two fucks. You are, like, this is the first time you're really, like, hanging out with the person you are now engaged to, and she's like, yeah, I don't care. (laughs) I laughed so hard at that because everyone else is so dressed up. And she just couldn't give a fuck. And I wouldn't judge her on that if that's what she just, like, normally dressed like. That's totally fine. But it was the fact that she dressed up so much in these pods where no one was seeing her. And then when she was actually, like, on a vacation with her significant other, Mark, um, she literally dressed like she was on Survivor. So, I thought that was hilarious. Um, yeah, Mark's definitely blind. He's so dumb. I kind of feel, I feel bad for him because he got so poorly manipulated by Jessica, but I was also just like, how did you not walk away? Like, when she drunkenly made that comment about how sexy Barnett was, I screamed. I could not believe he was just like, eh, it's okay. Like, she was just really drunk and this and that, and like, we're gonna work through our differences, and I just keep saying, like, day by day, oh my god, I could not make excuses for him anymore like it was just getting to a point of absolute ridiculousness like I just fucking can't also what is that like mommy kink going on like I don't know if it was the fact that the Jessica kept emphasizing the age difference and then he was talking about how he loves his mom so much and how like Jessica kind of reminds him of his mom and this and that it was a weird dynamic and I don't know how to feel about that um I, either way, I feel bad for him, and I hope that he looks back watching it and and sees what we're all seeing, because goddamn, Jessica was fucking brutal to him, and he definitely deserves much better. He does seem like a very genuine and sweet guy, so I, you know, hope that he actually does find someone that actually reciprocates his desire for them, because that was just tragic. And then... Okay, let's talk about their wedding before I move on to Amber and Barnett. Um, The fact that Jessica played off like she was going to say yes. Like, that last episode, the whole time I'm like, wait, is she actually going to say yes? Like, I was literally kind of panicking because I'm like, she can't marry him. Like, what? And then the whole day she's so excited. She's, like, talking about everything. And she really does seem like she's going to say yes. And then... She says no at the altar and then says, you know, I'm going to apologize to anyone I need to apologize to, but like, I'm not sorry. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. This girl is a flaming bitch. Um, cannot stand her after that. Like she was just, it was the most disrespectful thing to, like, it's okay to feel bad about something and apologize to them and whatever and just know that, like, that's your decision. But it was the fact of her being so wavering of, like, I'm so excited to marry you and then says no at the altar in front of all of his friends and family and then says, you know, I'm not sorry. I'm, you know, da-da-da-da. Like, I cannot. Her justification suck. She does not have a logical piece in her brain. So, hated her. Okay, Amber and Barnett. 
Amber is fucking batshit crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna say it. She threatens everyone that comes near her, and I think it's actually funny. She makes for beautiful reality TV, so does Jessica. And she was one thing I thought was really interesting was she was so unbothered by what Jessica said about Barnett. And I do actually respect her for that because she was kind of like, no, like, you don't know me. I don't know you. I've spent, you know, hours with this person. So I'm going to trust what he says. I thought that was kind of interesting. Not that I, I said I respect her for it. I guess I do because that was like her relationship and she really had faith in it. So I guess that's kind of cool. But BuzzFeed referred to her as a quote, human equivalent of a forest fire. And I died. I think that was so beautifully put because I think it's kind of true. Um, she is like ready to burn everything down if she doesn't, she was always saying like it's Barnett or bus, like very, um, I don't know, ultimatum type verbiage. And she made multiple comments about like, I will cut a bitch kind of thing. And Barnett even said that he is kind of scared of her. But I think they actually do make a really good match in the sense that I feel like they both kind of match each other's quirkiness. And for a little while, I thought maybe he's just like a douchebag, like Chad type guy. But I actually think that he spent so long of his life trying to please his family and trying to live up to their conservative values that he's always kind of shed his quirky side. And Amber bringing that out of him, I think, actually really relieved him. And I think that that's why he was so afraid of committing. It was based on, like, making his family proud, not what he actually wanted. And I think him marrying someone that he kind of felt like was a best friend and he could be his authentic self with, I really do think it was kind of an escape and him choosing his own, like, authenticity, which I think is kind of cool. I could be way off, but this is what I'm getting from it. And I did watch a, um, an interview with him and Amber that just came out recently. She's blonde now. She looks really great blonde. I'll just say it. Um, and they seem super happy and he seems very comfortable with his decision and everything. I was really worried he was going to back out on her. And like as much as, she, as crazy she is, I was kind of like rooting for her happy ending, I guess. And yeah, they are still together and seem beautifully happy and I that in that interview Amber talks about Jessica because Jessica multiple times went up to Barnett in like their group settings and just kept making comments about how she couldn't believe that she that he had chosen Amber and that she just sees them as like such different people and like Amber would have been the last person that she thought Barnett would have chosen and just like all of this type of talk it was super petty and just like gross it was just yeah it was nauseating in the sense that she was just really trying to like get him to rethink his decision and you can tell in the scenes he's so uncomfortable he's kind of like laughing at her because she's like stuttering her words she's so fucking hammered I cannot it was so funny um and she talks about it in this interview and she actually didn't know like of to what extent Jessica was saying those things she knew that like he you know Barnett and her would talk at those things obviously they were seen together but not about what they just looked like they were having a you know friendly conversation I guess 
and yeah I guess Amber saw that back and she's like that is the most disrespectful thing kind of thing and I'm really really eager to see what happens at the reunion because there was a clip that I saw that looks like Jessica's like ready to attack Amber and I really want to see what happens with that so we'll see how that plays out um so I think that's all the couples and obviously Jessica sorry Lauren and Cameron and Amber and Barnett were the only ones to get engaged and as far as I know they're both couples are still together so I think that's wonderful and I think that's really cool um a few other notes rose gold wine glasses those were so funny because we are even talking about it like why are those always the cups that they use like there's never any other cups and it's because it makes um editing conversations more seamless so there's like this you know idea of like continuity where if they are always carrying the same wine glass you don't know like how long it's been um and that's the same thing that goes for the pods they were using those wine glasses i want to mention that like the pods were only 10 up or sorry the whole show is only 10 episodes and the pods they were in there for 10 days so they were able to spend like literally hours if they wanted to it was all up to the person they weren't allowed their phones or anything so they were able to escape all distraction and literally just hang out with that person obviously through a wall and I think that's the reason why people were able to connect emotionally so well. And it was really interesting to see how it translated into the physical world. And some of them worked, some of them didn't. And I think that is kind of cool. I think it definitely goes to show that, like, you can definitely fall in love emotionally with someone. But to create a relationship is so much beyond that, especially a marriage. Um, a legally, you know, binding agreement. And I think that it, what, for me, the entire show and the premise of the show really just highlighted that, like, you have to want to fuck them. Like, I keep saying it, and I'll say it again, the reason cheating happens in marriages is either emotional, lack, like, lack of emotional things or lack of physical attraction, and that's why people search for elsewhere, and that's why cheating happens. And I think that that really is a key component, and I think that us as a society still doesn't want to recognize the importance of sex and physical attraction. We say that, you know, attractiveness is shallow, but it's not the fact of like putting standards of like, you need to be over six feet and have brown hair and blue eyes and this and that and da da da. It's more of the fact that like, you just need to want to like touch them and be physically with them. Um, yeah, I think that that is actually important. And I think that our culture has still so many conservative values around sex and discussions around that that we almost don't want to admit it and what is my other thought on this i also think that love is so subjective too like what is love to you and to everyone else i think a lot of the times a lot of the rhetoric i heard on this show was like very love is you know, that, like, no matter what ride or die situation, and I don't think love is like that. I think love is actually situational, and I almost, 
I don't know. I don't love the ride or die situation because it just sounds like someone can put you through absolute hell and you're supposed to stick through their side, you know, ride or die. But I think both parties should be like fulfilled in each way or at least trying to be. And obviously it's a give and take, but like you're supposed to work through it together. I don't think it's enough to just like that's just how it is kind of thing based on love. Like I think that really is a close-minded idea of what love is and I think that the phenomenon with this show is so interesting because I think we're all really wanting the social experiment to prove something and it it didn't really prove something it really only highlighted a few key points of the fact that like love isn't going to completely make a relationship but also you know, you can have a certain type of love based on emotional connection, but sometimes it doesn't translate to the physical. However, I think that when you're that ready for that kind of deep love, I think you almost, I think that actually emphasizes your attraction to them because you're so emotionally connected that I feel like you would think that you'd want to be physical with them, but I don't know. I would never know until I actually got into the situation and I would love to be on the show. Oh my god, just as like my own social experiment. I think that's so interesting. <laughs> if y'all want to cast me, cast me because I'd love to see what I would do in this situation. I, I don't think we can ever say what we would do until we're actually in it. But I'm so excited for the reunion and I just, I want to know like the things that we weren't shown because it was only 10 episodes. It was a very limited time, you know, 10 hours, I guess, basically in total and the fact that they were in the pods for so long like I would love to know what made people fall in love and like what made Cameron within three days propose to Lauren so quickly like the fact that they're still in love and still together and they seem so happy and I actually saw a video of this like white girl touching Lauren's like hair and she was being very like weird and kind of doing that I don't know that kind of exotic like oh my god type thing because it's a woman a black woman with like a specific type of hair whereas like if it was a white woman she would not have done that um and Cameron comes up behind Lauren and is like don't do that to like the girl that's touching her and he like gets in the camera and just smiles and it was just like very sweet and attractive and he just knew how to handle it and I think that you could tell Lauren was really uncomfortable and he just knew how to like kind of handle those kind of underlying racial racial issues that you know they're not like bluntly racist but there's it's obviously problematic and it's the things that racialized people deal with on a day-to-day basis obviously I can't speak for them but based on my race studies that's what I've learned so I thought that was really interesting and I'm think that it's a kind of cool cultural moment for us to analyze what this means like is love blind and I think it's started some really interesting conversations around it and it's also given us an opportunity to feel better about ourselves in relation to Jessica and Giannina I still can't say her name um not because her name's that complicated it's just so many ends Giannina it's I keep wanting to call her like Gina I don't know anyways um I'm excited to see if Damien and Giannina are back together or not that will be really interesting and overall I think this was like 
I wish this had launched in 2018. Like, I'm upset that they never got picked up. But apparently there is a season two coming. Um, I think it's in the works because it's been literally in the top 10, like, Netflix shows watched in North America for the last few weeks. So it clearly did really well. And I hope to see more of it because it's really just opening some conversations. So that's my hot take on it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I would love to hear your thoughts on the show, maybe what stood out to you most in the show or what you hated most about Jessica on my latest Instagram post. It'll be at strategic slut podcast on Instagram. And then my personal Instagram is at the not so average betch. If you want to go follow me there and keep up with my life. It's not that interesting, but I do post quite frequently on stories, not really on posts, but it's fine. And that is about it. I hope you guys have a great week and I'll talk to you soon.